Episode, guys. Active community members will be familiar with Signa Technologies, uh, but we are going to dive a little bit deeper today into what their entire project is all about. Um, welcome to the podcast, Gianfranco. Hi, Thomas. Thank you so much for having me here. Thank you for taking the time, eh? How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, just uh, stretching out a little bit uh, here this afternoon, getting ready for for our conversation yeah yeah but it's, it's pretty good can't complain um it's i've been quite a lot of people have asked, has, uh, asked about you guys and uh i've been we've been talking for well a few weeks now and we were finally able to sit down and do it so we can start off by talking a little bit how you became aware of crypto how you got into crypto and how you ended up here in the iota ecosystem sure sure um well yeah i i think that the story dates back to 2016 um when i created my first account in bitfinex and started to look into bitcoin mining i bought an actual unminer um, back then uh, because i was paying rent that uh, didn't separate the electricity bill so i saw that as an opportunity and then um when i got the 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 miner and turned it on in my living room uh it took me two seconds to realize that i wouldn't be able to live with it so i had to sell it back and and just try to find different ways to um onboard uh, the technology and uh, get into the blockchain trend back then. So I started to review different projects, um, 25 in total. Um, there weren't that many as there is right now. Right now, I think that there are more than 10,000, close mm. to 20,000 uh, projects listed in CoinMarketCap. Back then, it was just 1,300-ish uh, uh, projects. And um, yeah, then in May 2017, right before IOTA went public, I, I heard about IOTA's vision and uh, how they planned to embrace IoT. Um, so I got very, very excited about the project and uh, I've been following closely since since then. Um, so that, that was pretty much how little by little I got into the um, IOTA um, project. Mm. Yeah, it's been it's been a long road though, but it looks like we're starting to see the the light at the end of the tunnels, as to say. Um, so you said you became aware of IOTA before it even went live. Like, so is that like an ICO area? Like, were you able to get hold of that one? No, not really. I it was the, it was just a video a YouTube video of someone. I, I think that when uh, like IOTA went live uh, a month later when I heard. Um, and I didn't had the chance to put my hands on, on the, um, OTC trading or over the counter trading. Um, um, but I, I essentially realized about the project a few months or yeah, a few, like a month before it went live and then just got ready with my 
with my uh, credit card to buy some tokens back then and then steady buying since 2017. That's awesome, eh? Yeah. So, but why did you go for IOTA instead of anything else? The first thing, because I, I, I started with the Bitcoin mining, uh, the energy cost per transaction was um, the big uh, deal for me because I knew, okay, with Bitcoin, this is not sustainable, like just running some numbers and, and making some calculations, you can quickly figure out back then that there is no way this can be used for uh, real life applications. So um, that was the first uh, feature that attracted me. And then the network scalability, the fearless nature of layer one. Um, more recently, also what uh, within IOTA IBM and IOTA wasn't VM. Um, those features are making IOTA an irresistible technology. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, that's the same reasons that we tend to hear uh, over and over again that that is simply for those that are able to run those numbers, it, it makes perfectly sense to go for IO instead of anything else. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, mm. It's uh, several orders of magnitude, uh, like three orders of magnitude more efficient than uh, I think Hedera Hashgraph and the most efficient blockchains out there. And uh, about uh, probably nine orders of magnitude more efficient than Bitcoin. Mm, yeah, and it will be super interesting to see what type of stuff they were able to enable um, now with the Shimmer coming up and smart contracts. And from the looks of it, it looks like Hans is, imp is implying that that um, decentralization shouldn't be too far away as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The promise is that um, EVM smart contracts are around the corner and... Um, Potentially down the road, uh, was and BM uh, Stardust uh, has got us really excited. Uh, our developers have been um, working with it to in include it or incorporate it in the NFT marketplace and, and the things that we're building. And we found that uh, it's very, very solid in concepts and uh, the libraries and um, the features that we are uh, discovering. Um, so yeah, very excited of. Of that as well yeah yeah but as we can see in the last week's episode with uh cutcraft and um and dumb and by the way cutcraft did an absolute amazing job there uh so shout out to you and go check him out on spotify on spec weekly for those that doesn't know about it but there was a lot of nice information there which um which covers a little bit about what shimmer is about to to enable and uh, i can imagine that at least for you guys that are actually developing with this technology that you are very much looking forward to get your hands on this. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Mm. Is there something specific that you are looking more forward to the, and the rest? Um, for us, NFT minting on layer one, uh, represents an opportunity. Um, and also we would like to have Wasm BM to a more mature stage than it is right now. We will likely have to wait uh, a bit for that. But with what IOTA EVM is bringing, it's already a lot. So um, it, it, it allows us to um, 
set up a challenging use casing where user interacts directly with the front end and the front end interacts with the smart contract. So mm. that, um, that's very important for us. And um, using the smart contracts as our backend for uh, image annotation or data annotation, that is a project that I will describe um, later on. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a key component for the solution we're uh, putting together. Mm. But uh, what we found is that uh, for Wasm BM, um, the the way that the Wasm BM is written to deal with the variables and parameters goes beyond what EVM offers, um, and that's why we we think that uh, there is more opportunity once the protocol is proven, uh, audited, and uh, I would say um, battleground tested. Mm, yeah. Um, so before we start to dive a little bit into what you guys are doing, could you explain us uh, if you could share a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I, I can say that I have more than 10 years of experience in the IT industry. I've been working in different roles, uh, starting from pre-sales, uh, project management, uh, business process and engineering. Um, I finished my system engineering degree in Peru and uh, worked in Peru for about four years professionally. And then I moved to Canada in 2014 um, and worked in the municipal, um, I would say, yeah, municipalities for the county of Grand Prairie and city of Grand Prairie uh, for more than five years. And very recently this year, I uh, decided to quit my job at the city of Grand Prairie um, to focus on Signal Tech and um, getting more involved in what's happening in the IR ecosystem. Um, and finally, in the last month, um, my wife and I, or our family, we just decided to move to Calgary, which is the second highest, uh, or one of the biggest cities in Canada. And uh, here is the second highest place with more corporate head offices in Canada too. So um, yeah, I, I guess mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a bit about myself. Yeah. yeah. I, I do find it as a little bit of a confident boost uh, when I hear so many of you guys building on top of IOTA is actually quitting your jobs to really pursue this, uh, like this dream of you guys and build like like, like the brand new IOTA, right? You're, you're literally quitting your jobs uh, because you have so much faith in it, which then like gives the faith to the community as well. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it, it was. It's not an easy decision. I I think that depends on each case. You have to take it after careful consideration. Um, I I was struggling personally for about um, I would say at least six months to eight months, thinking about that. Um, to the point that I was overstressing because I had to uh, commit to my work and then I also had to commit to the project and the team that we uh, have at Signar. And then it reached a point in where it was either one or the other and I decided for, for Signar. Um, and two weeks after I quit my job, the war of Ukraine just started. So um, you never know what uh, the future is going to bring and... Um, 
I think that the decision is taken with um, all the information you have at hand at the moment and uh, trying to take the best um, the best decision possible, right? But things go happen, and uh, looking down the road, I think that it was good that I did it. Now, a few months later, because I, I got really worried when I saw the the, the war and uh, the markets just crashing. Mm. But now that uh, things are happening and moving forward and opportunities are uh, knocking at our doors, um, yeah, it, it's different, right? Mm, yeah, I can imagine that, like, especially with everything happening in the world right now, that it, it makes it a little bit extra scary to take that extra step and actually quit your job to pursue um, something on your own. Um, and especially when everything is collapsing, right? Like you see the prices going down every day and like no like signs of recovering. Like how much of an impact is, is the market for, for, for Signer? It, it had a really <laughs> deep impact. Uh, we had uh, a plan to scale the team and uh, grow really fast. And uh, we had to throw that out, uh, out of the window. Um, so we initially expanded the team uh, back in uh, May and and June, and then we had to go back to a little bit bigger than early this year, but not as uh, X3 uh, uh, as we were at some point. So we we tripled the number of developers. We, we I think we reached uh, 15 developers, oh, wow. and then uh, we we just uh, said, okay, no, <laughs> mm. there's no way to to sustain it. Um, the good thing though is that when we did the expansion of developers, um, we did it through a partner of ours. And uh, we were clear that uh, these people were not uh, permanently hired. Um, they were basically on project basis. Um, so we had them for two months and then we just uh, said, okay, change of plans. Um, so yeah, there, there is that for example. Yeah, because the market yeah. is not there, right? Absolutely, yeah. And hopefully we were able to see some form of recovery, uh, like maybe not up to, to, to the good highs, but at least up to a acceptable level where with the project like are able to expand and like, are able to do uh, the necessary means in order to, to reach their goal. Because as it is right now, um, it's it's probably very strict for for the use of money in all projects. It's only probably the minimum at at all. So uh, so that's pretty sad. But hopefully we will see a turnaround. Yeah, yeah, and it's also a a call to action event. What we are seeing right now um, worldwide, um, in where the the way that the economy was driven by. Um, mostly speculation not only in crypto but in general for for everything like uh, the, the whole financing segment now it's uh it's popping <laughs> or sorry it's uh it's coming down right mm. and um now the solutions that are more resilient uh projects that bring actual value are the ones who will have a, a better chance to to continue. And then um, we we can see that on other crypto projects where it's just um, nice, um, I would say, 
talking, good marketing, connections, investors, and everything, but there is no actual product, and uh, they have yeah. been running like that for years. Mm. Now they're yeah. disappearing, right? Where, where is, and that's one of the reasons too for us to continue betting on Iora because we see the the code, we see the ecosystem, we see the foundation behind and uh, the things that are happening. So the fundamentals are are really there. Um, it's just, I guess, the the attention is not uh, there yet, but that eventually will come. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um... But let's dive a little bit further into like what is Signal Technologies? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, we are a corporation uh, founded by community members, IORA community members. Um, we we are very passionate about technology since day one. We started with um, the the hackathon that was that promoted by IoT to Tangle in 2020. I think that that event was the 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 spark in in the team to see, hey, we we actually are capable of connecting IoT, uh, send the data, like sense the data through sensors, send that data um, to a backend and present that data um, on a dashboard. So it, it was I, I remember back then. Conceptually, it was simple, but seeing all of that orchestration um, was a big win for, for the team. And then, um, well, we, we started with IoT because that was mainly the background of, of the developers in the team. My background wasn't IoT, but because IOTA, I started to research about IoT and technologies since 2017 when I um, got interested by by the tech, um, and then last year we we decided to expand our services um, more as a software company than a hardware company. Um, so um, we started to develop more more demos with different technologies to test out technologies and trying things out to see okay what what things are. Um, or what things actually make sense. And um, what we are always looking is to to add value to to the solutions we we provide with the application of DLT and other technologies. Mm. Exciting though. Um, like you have the different like projects within. Um, what is Centangle? Yeah, so Centangle is um, our flagship project. Um, it's um, Centangle is essentially a DAO that was founded by Signal Technologies um, on day one, but very sh like shortly after we uh, started with uh, Centangle, um, we attracted other companies or corporations like uh, Machina and Misterio in Peru, Interprica in Mexico, Iris Corporation in Paraguay, um, Moon Morons as well, and other ecosystem members. Um, so we initially started with the idea of creating a, a fair casino for image annotation or for data annotations. And then the idea has been expanded and uh, in the last, I would say three months or four months, um, we um, have decided to move beyond that casino and uh, 
create the first DAM in crypto. And by DAM, we mean uh, decentralized data notation marketplace. So it's the first of its kind. And um, to, to put it in context, we, we have uh, an NFT marketplace as one of the components of the platform. Um, we have the, uh, the, the casino, the first casino to, um, to increase incentives of, of the data notators. And then there is um, a data annotation tool, which is the, the, the core engine that allows to create the annotations um, and the, the marketplace in where um, annotators can sell their services to uh, researchers to get the data annotations done. So um, that's Centangle in, in a nutshell. And it, it can get confusing because data annotation is not necessarily a concept that everyone is aware of, but um, yeah, um, I'm one of those. <laughs> like, what what is data annotation? Well, data annotation is uh, the process where a person, a human, uh, goes or takes a raw data set and starts to categorize, uh, label, and add other uh, contextual elements. So then. Uh, computers, machines can read that data and uh, start to act based on the information. So it's what it's used to, for example, tell a vehicle that a stop sign is an actual stop sign. Um, mm. So when someone drives a Tesla, there is an AI, a deep learning model uh, that is recognizing the surroundings. Um, but at some point that deep learning model has been trained to identify objects to identify people, to identify streetlights. Um, so the process of training, it's very manual and requires people, requires requires human. So once once the the, the model or the AI is developed, uh, yes, it's it's better or it can um, overcome uh, human capabilities. But the process of training requires uh, these annotations. So um, the quality of the annotated data has a direct impact on the resulting uh, quality of uh, the uh, AI model. So it's very, very important to ensure um, the quality. Mm. And um, the industry is growing really fast. It's, it's growing at, uh, the, the, solely the data annotation industry is growing at uh, 26%. Uh, per year for over the next eight years uh, from half a billion or 0.6 billion to 4 billion. Um, so it's a very exciting moment to um, work in solutions for, for this type of problem. I can imagine. Like, what's the, what's the main problems that you guys are trying to solve right now? Yeah, so uh, what we are looking is to reduce the cost and increase the quality of data notations. That's, in a, like, in short, what we are trying to do. Um, the way that the traditional or Web2 industry have done this is uh, through hiring people and or um, taking 30% of commission for connecting buyers, buyers and sellers. When I say 30%, I'm referring to Amazon MTurk which is um, not only a data notation marketplace, but they are more, um, a, a, let's say, unskilled marketplace similar to what Fiverr does, right? But uh, 
Fiverr does not, that I think it's not uh, that position in data notation, whereas Amazon is positioning themselves more into this type of, of services. And by doing that, again, they, uh, you can Google this very quickly and you will find that the, the bare minimum, they charge 20% and I think they charge another 20% on top, depending on the characteristics of the data notation and uh, they have other 5% fees. So um, the, the markups are really high and uh, Amazon does not provide uh, an image annotation tool for, for these annotations. So it's up to the um, it's up to the annotator to use whatever tool he he prefers to complete the work, provide the work to the um, to, to the researcher who is developing the AI, and if the researcher is happy, then Amazon takes thirty percent of whatever he pays. Wow, well, I I'm a pretty basic person. I would never be be aware of this, but like. How did you even you come up with this idea? Uh, well, it happened with the previous uh, or well, the ongoing project that we have for agriculture. So um, we are also working on um, on a broader roadmap um, for um, an agriculture platform to automate the greenhouse farming. And as part of this development, um, we created deep learning models um, to recognize uh, tomatoes, cucumbers, grapes, and other vegetables. Every time we want to change the vegetable, we had to go through the annotation. And to give you a perspective, only to have a, a demo level, like a, a prototype, we had to annotate about 2,000 images. And if we want to get it to production, we have to annotate somewhere between 30,000 to 40,000 images. Wow. If we change the crop, yeah, if we change the crop, we have to do the same work again. And if we change the farm, we will likely have to do the same work again. So uh, as long as there is no generalized deep learning model, um, you can reuse some of the training, but you have to add you have to expand the data set so then your deep learning model gets better and it starts to recognize um, the objects in different scenarios in different environments that is impressive mate well i can imagine something like this might actually be um uh, still already existing right so, so what type of so unique solutions is that you you guys offer yeah, so the decentralized data annotation marketplace um, with its own annotation tool as a business model, it's uh, the key differentiator here. Um, the NFT marketplace is a proven technology and a fair casino. Um, it's something that we have seen in other, to some extent, a casino in crypto, it's, it's fairly common. But the combination of, um, of these technologies and these business models um allow us to um, change the approach and instead of hiring people um, to do the work um, we can offer a tool that is a paper use essentially and um, then we share a fraction or or 
the annotators share a fraction with us, the users, um, of the revenue they create for themselves through the platform. So um, that itself, um, it's, it's what makes a, our solution unique. And then, um, well, the marketplace, the NFT marketplace and the fair casino are there to increment the incentives of completing the annotations. So someone might feel that it's uh, overkilling it himself, like going through thousands and thousands of annotations. So by having these um, um, boosting rewards, it uh, it creates this um, this gambling uh, or um, emotional thing with okay, uh, I can I can make potentially likely. I can, I can make more money if I do a good job or not, right? Hmm. So it's an incentive, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an incentive, right? And um, the baseline is that if someone wants to annotate and and win a wage uh, for a living, they likely can do it without spending money. So you don't have to buy anything. You you, you can enter the platform, go through the annotations, don't don't bet anything, and 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 make some money if you do a good job. Um, that's uh, that's baseline. Where it's um, other tools that are out there um, charge you uh, per user. Um, you require licensing, um, so there is there is a cost, there, right? Yeah. That they put for their for their tool and their service. Um, and then, as an option, users have the chance of uh, getting more rewards through the NFT marketplace. Um, as NFT validators to to vote and to put their attention, use the, the same attention that they uh, have for the annotations, put that in the NFTs to increment the quality of the, um, the, the, the minting process of different projects or artists applying for, for um, NFTs. And um, that's, that's essentially the ecosystem that we are creating and the the engine that we are building right now. So for us, what, what we what we have found with um, the recent ongoings in the ecosystem is that fieldless minting is very appealing, but it comes with a price of requiring uh, curation by by people, by human validators, right? Mm. So we are we are working on that front as well. Impressive, mate. This is like. It's, it's pretty unique when you put it like that and i think that's actually some of the the like the projects that will have an easy success i would imagine thank you thanks for that um yeah. really looking into making this a reality and uh, very excited for what is about to come absolutely yeah and it's so many different projects just within within the iota community that is focusing on on um agriculture and, and stuff like that I love that. Yeah, that I, I think that that's what makes Ayora different too, right? Uh, because for, if you try to do something similar with any other blockchain, you, you will have the problem of, of fees, you will have the problem of scalability, of energy consumption, um, where potential, like, like where we don't see that happening in Ayora. Um, Layer two smart contracts, or um, sorry, um, the Shimmer network might have a fee for smart contracts, but even 
if it has it, it's a very small one. And then everything else works scales. You don't have to wait for other smart contracts to to run yours once um, you can once once we finally can create our own chains, you can run smart contracts in parallel. Whereas in let's say Ethereum, you have to wait for the entire network to sync. Mm, yeah. Um, like who would be the target audience for this? Um, first hand uh, crypto users. Uh, the 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 ethos or the I just say this the the proactiveness of crypto users to try out these type of technologies or cutting edge technologies that do not exist on Web two uh, make them our first uh, users. But the goal, the final goal, is to take over the large amount of people um, all over the world, especially in India and southern southern Asia, that it's uh, doing data notations for living today. Mm. And <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, could you describe the progress of it? Sure. Um, early this year in, we, we started with this idea back in November, October, November, November last year. Um, and then we, we started to expand it. Uh, we had a very, very busy December 2021. Um, in the middle of um, Christmas or holiday season, we were ideating and uh, reviewing the technicals. Um, and then we got everything um, defined for the casino uh, to start coding in January. Uh, our assumption back then was that um, IOTA IBM would take three months or four. So um, that's why we put a lot of development pressure there. Um, and then, well, we obviously figured it's going to take longer. So we had to uh, put a hard pause on the on the development until uh, the technology matures. And um, it's in a better, not necessarily ready, but in a better condition, which is very close right now. Mm. Um, so what we did back then was to work on the image annotation tool and the integration with the smart contract as a backend for the for the casino. Um, and by March, yeah, by March this uh, year, we uh, released a private testing to, to see uh, how things were getting together. We had few um, IORA community members checking out the tool, giving us great feedback, like we, we feared the, poten the potential of it when we released the testing and uh, we started to receive feedback about the tool. And um, by that time, we were already working on the NFT marketplace. So um, we released the NFT marketplace um, in mid-April this year with the first uh, Phyllis auction for 3D interactive art in crypto. Um, and we also released the first NFT staking, fearless NFT staking in crypto before Stardust uh, using Ayora DID. Um, so now um, what we are working on is on the curated fearless NFT minting um, that aligns with our vision and the, um, 
and, and, and well, we are uh, resuming the development of the image annotation tool uh, with our uh, 3D gallery for the NFT marketplace. Um, so that's, I, I would say that's a good summary of all that happened in the last uh, year. Mm. Um, and uh, through this process, we have partnered with a companies that uh, allows us to expand the scope and the capabilities of Signar technology. So um, as Signar, we, I think that we are very specialized into DLT and IORA and have uh, broad knowledge on uh, IoT, AI, um, 3D uh, or VR development. And then for those other industries, uh, we rely on our partners. So um, we uh, closely work with them since they are the experts and uh, we orchestrate whatever they, um, they can build or, or come up with for the use cases we propose yeah i um i'm also stalking your your website which is by the way very impressive like it's a very well made website right here um and i can see that you guys are working on vr and ar how does this correlate with sensango yeah so um one of the first uh feedbacks or or things we we heard is that uh, users don't want to feel they are enslaving themselves with a new app that allows them to earn money. Um, and the idea of introducing VR and AR is to have fun creating a revenue stream for 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 each person that uses the platform. So um, to have an immersive experience, um, we are, as I said, we are working with um, companies that are professionals and have been doing this for years, uh, creating 3D realms, uh, industrial design. And um, we have, or we are creating our own 3D experience to integrate with existing ones as part of this partnership. So um, we're we are also, what I can share there is that we're also creating a service for community projects in the IOR ecosystem. Mm. Well. Um, not too long ago, which was probably, it can be a little bit time ago. Um, I did see you guys, uh, promote something called Tangle Dragons, right? And what are the Tangle Dragons and how do they like have, what do they have to do with Sense Angle? Yeah. Tangle Dragons are the OG creatures of, uh, our ecosystem. Uh, these, uh, beings are unique in multiple ways. They... They come from a volcanic planet that is going through global warming. Um, and their species is looking to um, to move for, it's looking for a new planet because they have been going through a world war uh, for the last five years where um, um, a phalanx or um, a segment of the dragons, a set of the dragons, the, the crown dragons overtook the lava planet um, so the plan is to mine the, the plan of the crown dragons, what they are uh, pushing is to mine all remaining volcanoes and to sell the minerals to other species. Um, but there is also the pirate dragons that are standing against them. And the population is uh, the, like the, 
the broad population is in between deciding which one to to support. Uh, it's the end of an era, a very volatile period of time with lots of changes for their species. Um, any any resemblance with reality is just a coincidence. Um, and um, Tangled Dragons are the first collection of interactive 3D art with embedded audio in the NFT. Uh, the technology to embed the audio, for example, was released on December 2021. And uh, Tangled Dragons are one of the first um, GLTF, GLV files that, that have embedded audio as NFTs. Uh, I think that when we released it, uh, there were very, very few in coin, in, in coin, uh, sorry, in um, OpenSea. I didn't find any, but I guess there, there should be some. <laughs> <laughs> um, could be. Just yeah. To, to, yeah, there could be some other, but uh, it's not that common. Um, the dragons come with points that um, likely can be used uh, in the Centangle ecosystem. Um, in my opinion, these dragons uh, potentially come with a massive amount of 54 gigacent as base rewards. Um, we also, as I said, enable NFT staking before Stardust. Mm -hmm. um, so people already can stake the dragons today and, and get more rewards um, possibly. Um, and I think the dragons will be used uh, for ensuring Centangle ecosystem uh, fairness. Yeah, and 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 this is like a a game that will be available for everyone that has those dragons. Yeah, so as part of the casino, uh, the dragons will take a a place in the casino. Will take a place in the um, minting process as well for NFTs. Yeah, and you can already buy one of these dragons and, and start staking for more for more rewards, even though it, the game isn't. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. Well, what's the floor price for these dragons these days? Uh, we fixed the price to um to USD, and I think that is a hundred and eighty dollars mm. um fixed uh yeah base price. Um, and the the most expensive one has been sold already. Um, one of the community members paid uh six hundred US dollars for. Wow. For uh, the most rare, yeah, the most rare dragon. It, it was sold for two point one gigajoras, I think. That's a pretty penny. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you guys are fifteen, right? Um, is all those fifteens involved in Santangle? And well, who else is uh, behind Santangle? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So I mentioned that we expanded to 15 and then we contracted back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Y yeah, yeah. But um, dedicated people to Centangle, we are, I think, about seven. Hmm. Um, yeah, there is Nicolas, Oliver, Pablo, Andrea, Fiorella, Rekisen, myself. Yeah. Yeah, and are these people that you know that are living around in Canada, or is it people that you have met uh, through the uh, the building of this project? Funny story, none of us met until probably a month ago, and we have been talking for over two years now on Discord. Wow. Um, 
three three of us moved to Calgary in the last month, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's inspiring because you end up meeting people all over the world. Like for example, Oliver and Nicolas there in Chile, Pablo is in Peru, Andrea and Fiorella are in Peru, Rakisim is in Turkey, Chris is in Korea, Michael is in Japan, I'm in Canada. Anthony's in Toronto. So um, we are spread. spread all over. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it has been through the IOR ecosystem that we connected uh, to each other. And uh, we were just casually talking. And that's how I met Chris, for example, our CTO. One day showed up on Discord, and a couple of, or three months later, he became our CTO. Um, I like that. It, it was, yeah, yeah, very, very, very casual. Um, and um, yeah, that's, I think that it can be done when uh, you're in a startup and it's more familiar, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And um, is there any updates about the IOTA Ledger Live app? Yeah. Yeah, um, developing this app has been challenging. <laughs> um, the, the, the initial idea we had um, of providing this in a couple of months uh, went off away very, very quickly. And it, it happened because we also were moving, to be fair, like moving from one country to another or 700 kilometers requires a lot of personal planning and takes a lot of time, yeah. drags your attention. And then also because the protocol has been changing a lot. Um, but uh, the good news is that in the last month, um, the progress we had um, has been way, way, way um, um, bigger than the last four months. So we're very excited about how things are coming together. Um, the coordination that we have with Ayura Foundation about this is also moving forward very fast. Um, I, and, and it's exciting. What we are focusing on right now is to enable transactions like layer one Ayura uh, transactions, send, receive, create an account, uh, check the Ayura in the, like, check your portfolio in the Ledger Live app. Um, and, um, that's all I can say for now. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, thank you for that update. Um, another question that I came to think about, uh, which has, I saw Dom tweet about it a, a day or two ago. Uh, he was asking about how should we market uh, IOT and Shimmer? Um, of course, that depending on who you want to market it to, if it's, it's developers or simple like investors or corporates, uh, it, it's very different who, whoever you want to reach. Um, how would you like to market Shimmer and IOSA in an order for, for you to become more interested in about it if you um, thought you'd never heard about it before? That's a deep question. Um, yeah. Actually, I was <laughs> thinking about it too. Um, I guess the competition on either if it's, it's a, a DAG, it's a blockchain, or um, 
is not a blockchain, that is not creating more impact any longer. Like people that don't really care, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. If it's or not. Um, at least that's something that we <laughs> we can say, okay, we don't have to spend energy by doing like doing that. Um, and then what, what I found people really cares is to have working solutions, to have um, flagships or to have use cases that are applying the technology and they work in production. Um, for example, going back to uh, CryptoKitties back in 2017, everybody was jumping on board of it. Everybody was super excited, but not because the I think the technology or the the concept was uh, rocket science. It was very simple, but it was one of the very few use cases, or um, yeah, what was were essentially probably the one of the very first ones, mm. and uh, it got lots of attention, but then it disappeared because the platform didn't scale, and uh, actually they were asking people to not push the transactions because the network um, had bottlenecks. Mm. So um, I, I think that um, right there we have a lesson and uh, what we need to worry about is to empower these projects and, and have uh, meaningful impact. And once we have them running using the technology, um, it's easier to go to a VC investor or, or a capital funds and say, hey, we are not talking about um, a potential use case. We're talking about something that is actually being applied and is used in this, for, in this way. And uh, these are the, the benchmarks and the results compared to other cryptos. Yeah. Um, I think we've seen back in 2017, um, Proof of concepts were hypable, but I think that era is over. Uh, I think we need some something to show for. Yes. Mm. Yes. 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 Um, yeah. And and I found that too. Personally, when uh, pitching about uh, DLTs, pitching about Ayora, um, as Signar, and uh, offering the services and solutions, they. For example, for, for farmers, farmers don't buy a system if another farmer is not using it. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of egg and chicken problem. Um, but um, once you get the doors open and someone is using it and, and you're able to showcase um, the benefits of the technology, then it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fun that you bring up the the farmers again. Um, I think that's a very exciting like space to to do do this technology. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard the episode I had with the ETO group. That was very impressive what they guys are doing, and uh, I've had a couple other ones as well. Um, so yeah, I, th I think that's a proper way to to go because I think it's easy to adopt this technology into uh, that space. Um, and they are usually very open to, to like new things there. 
depending on who yeah. you are. Like if you if you're my local farmer, you wouldn't be accepting anything new. But like I think the general farmers market would be into it. Yeah, yeah. and right now the the worldwide strategy to invest into farming has grown incredibly. Like it it's massive right now the amount of money that uh um PC funds are um putting into farming. I and I can say that from what I see here in Alberta, Canada and also in like in North North America in general and, and uh worldwide like you, you can get a news on how much uh, money is being addressed into farming and likely it's also because what we are facing right now it's uh, it's potentially um, getting a large percentage of population starving um, if we don't take the right decisions right now and if we don't prepare um, the industry uh, the farming industry to feed the the people and also to become more efficient in our logistics uh, related to food and agriculture. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the hard truth. Um, hopefully, uh, it's able to turn it around. Um, but how are people able to get involved with what you guys are doing? Well, if you can go to signar.tech with uh, Z, Signar, that tech, uh, or you can go to Zentangle.io um, and follow us on Discord and Twitter. Um, we are very active on on Discord. All our corporate communication happens through it. So whenever someone sends us a message, uh, we reply right away or in a few hours, um, either th through a public message or direct message too. So. That's awesome. Cool. Um, thank you so much for, for taking the time to come and explain to us what, what you guys are doing. And uh, best of luck uh, with the further building. And I'm really hoping that you guys are able to, to get back in gear and um, expand your team even more. And uh, really looking forward to see what you guys are able to deliver. Thank you so much, Thomas. Really enjoy the opportunity. You're welcome, mate. And um, thank you guys for, for listening and make sure to go check these guys out on Discord and give them a follow on Twitter. Um, let's see if we are able to to connect as many of us um, because that's essentially why we're here. Get behind and get left behind, guys. Cheers. <laughs>